If you have your Bibles, we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew chapter 6 this morning. Again, we're um, going through a spiritual maturity uh, study. You know, God would have us to grow in Christ-like maturity. And I've been talking about my garden as we've been going through this series, and I'm no, I know you're all going to be disappointed this morning, but I don't have any pictures of my garden to show you. Oh, I know. I'll have some next week, though. How about that? All right? But uh, but uh, God wants us to grow. And, uh, you know, as, I, as I'm looking at my garden these days, if my garden, if my vegetables are going to produce fruit, uh, they've got to remain in the soil. Now, uh, I'm questioning one of those plants. Uh, yes, it was eaten by my tortoise. It's a zucchini plant, and that thing is looking really sad. And uh, I thought to myself about a week ago, I thought, I just need to yank this out of the ground. But uh, no, I'm hanging in there, trusting that uh, this is going to remain and it's going to produce fruit. But uh, God wants us to remain. And we looked uh, a couple weeks ago at uh, John chapter 15. Uh, Jesus told his disciples that if you're going to uh, produce fruit, if you're going to produce much fruit, you've got to abide in me. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we've been talking about training ourselves to remain. And one of the ways we train ourselves to remain is through the word. Uh, the word it encourages our hearts. And as the word abides in us, Jesus says, I abide in you. And so last week, I gave you a, a little tool, a little acrostic, uh, space pets. Now, someone came up to me after the service last week, and every time I mentioned the word space pets, they wanted to, they were thinking of the word space cadet. And we're totally distracted. No, it's not Space Cadet. It's Space Pets. And I want to just briefly uh, just uh, help you fill in the blanks of what Space Pet means. Now, if you use this tool, I promise you, every time you open the Word, God's Word is going to speak to your heart. You're going to get something out of what you read. Okay, and so in thinking through space pets, I would just encourage you to uh, maybe take this acrostic and write it in the front of your Bible so that you can always have and refer back to it. But uh, you can use this as you uh, journal and record your thoughts of what God is speaking to you. But uh, S stands for sin to confess. And as I'm reading God's word. Is God prompting my heart, is the Spirit of God prompting my heart to confess some kind of sin that I've been entertaining? Uh, P stands for promise. Is there a promise that I need to hold on to? You know, invariably, when I read God's Word, uh, God's Word just kind of jumps off the page. It's speaking to a circumstance that I'm going through personally. And sometimes, you know, God uses a promise to encourage me uh, through a particular circumstance. A stands for attitude. Is there an attitude that I need to adjust? 
as uh, as I'm reading God's word, as God's word is prompting my heart. You know, as you read through the the letters of Paul, invariably the first half of the letter will deal with theological issues. And then the last half of the letter will deal with practical issues of how to live the Christian life. And uh, sometimes he'll, he'll address attitude adjustments that we need to make in our personal life. Then there's the letter C. C stands for command. Is there a command I need to obey? And then uh, E stands for an example. Is there an example that I need to follow? Maybe you're reading about a particular Bible personality and uh, he makes good choices and, and you need to build those kind of character qualities and things of this nature in your life. Or maybe there's a negative uh, example that you need to avoid. And then the next P is prayer. Pray. Is there something I need to be praying about? Um, And then also E, is there an error that I need to avoid? And maybe it's a negative example of a biblical character or maybe it's a an error uh, based on a theological doctrine. Maybe you're reading truth and uh, God's reminding you of this truth and you need to hold on to that truth rather than uh, believing the error of that particular doctrine or truth or theology. And then T stands for truth. We need to be embracing truth. We need to be knowing truth. Much of what I've shared up to this point has to do with practical application. And yes, we need to be growing in grace and becoming more like Jesus Christ, but we also need to be growing in knowledge. We need to know who Jesus is. So it's not either or, but it's a both end. And so we need to be highlighting the truth that we glean from Scripture and remember those things. And then finally, uh, the last S is something to be thankful for. Something to be thankful for. Maybe you've read something in Scripture and it reminds you that you need to pause and express your gratitude for who God is in your life. A very simple outline, a very practical outline that church, you need to Apply to your life, your quiet time, because as you do, God's word is going to speak to your heart. This Bible can be overwhelming if we don't have tools if, and if, if we're not reading for understanding. And so this is something that will help you. So this is the way that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through his word. And the way we speak to him is through prayer. And that's what I want to talk about this morning because these are the two areas, the two areas primarily that the saints of the Bible and the saints throughout church history have um, related, uh, have had a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by reading his word and by communicating 
to him in prayer. We hear from God from the word. And we communicate to God through prayer. And as we read through the Bible, you have in your outline this morning uh, several different uh, people of the Bible who spent time in prayer with the Lord. Look at Genesis chapter 19, verse 27. This is Abraham. And uh, early the next morning, the Bible says, Abraham got up and returned to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Abraham had a... He had a relationship with the living God. And the Bible says that every time that Abraham had an encounter with with God, with God spoke to Abraham, Abraham erected an altar. And that altar was a reminder of what God had said to Abraham. And as you look on the horizon of Abraham's life, you can see little altars that have been erected where Abraham had an encounter with God, and oftentimes those were through prayer. We see in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, the Bible says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees to pray. Daniel was a man of prayer. Peter was a man of prayer. Acts chapter 10 verse 9 Bible says about noon the following day as they were on their journey and approaching the city uh, Peter went up on the roof to pray and as Peter was praying God was preparing Peter's heart for uh, Cornelius's servants who were coming to Peter and telling Peter to come with them. He needed to speak to this Gentile about the Lord Jesus Christ. But Peter was on the rooftop preparing his heart for what God was about to do. But there's no better model in the Bible to teach us and to show us the the priority and the seriousness of prayer than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is the God of the universe, church the maker of the heavens and the earth, God in the flesh, seeing, understanding the need to come before his heavenly father and pray. And oftentimes it was was early in the morning before the sun had come up. And then the most intense time of Jesus' life, Uh, just before he's about to go to the cross and to give his life uh, for our salvation, the Bible says that uh, Jesus was in the garden and he prayed this in Luke 22, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. 
and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Here we see the seriousness of Jesus in his time of prayer. Uh, in that time, you know, God strengthening him for what he was about, about to face. And so prayer is important as we read the saints of the Bible. And uh, as the disciples watched Jesus's life, uh, they were impressed by Jesus's prayer life. And of all the things that the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them about, the disciples wanted to know how to pray. And, uh, and I'm sure that's, a, that's a, a question that we as God's people, we want to learn how to pray as well. Because it's something that I think many Christians struggle with. If, if, if I'm in a group of believers, oftentimes people have a hard time knowing what to pray about. And so Jesus gives them an example. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 this morning. And uh, they ask the question, teach us, they, they make the request, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says this in verse 5 of Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who is see, sees in secret will, will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask, ask him. Pray then like this, and we will get into that in a moment. But before Jesus tells us uh, what to pray or, and how to pray, he first shows them what not to do. Uh, he says this in, in uh, verses 5 through 8, you know, don't be like the Pharisees. Don't draw attention to yourself. Uh, pray with the right attitude. Don't pray in a way that you want to impress others. You ever find yourself like that? Praying like that? I struggle with that. You know, sometimes as I'm praying, when I'm praying publicly or when I'm praying in a small group, you know, I'm, I'm conscientious of, of uh, gee, what, are people thinking about my words right now? And when I'm in that mode, God is unimpressed. Don't pray to impress others. God's not impressed by those prayers. Pray with humility. Jesus says, pray in your closet. Don't be like the Pharisees who pray to let other people see how spiritual they are. 
That is the wrong attitude. So in verses 5 through 8, Jesus tells us what not to do. And that speaks to me. Maybe that speaks to you this morning. He wants us to have the right attitude. But then he says this in verse, beginning with verse 9. He says, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, As Jesus prayed that prayer, he wasn't telling us that these are the words that we must pray. He's showing us, he's pointing out to us the things that we need to be praying about. The things that you and I should focus on as we come to the Lord in prayer. So if you're a person this morning who's struggling, boy, what do I say? When I come before God, Jesus gives us an outline here that uh, I want to share with you that will hopefully will encourage you and help you to formulate some thoughts, some words where you can relate back to him as he speaks to you through his word. You can pray these thoughts back to him. And so what's the model? How should we pray? First, we need to come to God with praise. Jesus says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's important to start our prayer time with directing our thoughts and our focus, our attention on God. Not on me. Prayer isn't about me. It's about him. And Jesus says, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He is, he is um, adoring. He is, um, uh, he is magnifying his Father. And so when we come to, to the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to come with a heart of adoration, magnifying our Heavenly Father. We need to come to him in thanksgiving for who he is and all that he is doing in our life and, and, uh, and, and around us with, with people who are important to us. So praise him. That's first in Jesus' model prayer. Second is we need to be praying about God's purposes. Jesus prays, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We need to be committing ourselves, church, Christian. If we're going to train ourselves to remain in prayer, that we need to be focusing on God's purposes for our life. Notice how Jesus isn't talking, praying about himself. Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Hallowed be your name. In those first two verses, Jesus is talking about 
God's purposes and not one's own purposes. And so this is an important reminder for us that uh, we need to be thinking about God's kingdom. We need to be putting ourselves in the position, asking him, God, it's all about you. How do you want to use me to be today? How do you want your kingdom to come into my life? How can I be a blessing in your kingdom today? God's purposes. The third part of Jesus' prayer is provision. As you've acknowledged God, as you've made the focus about him and not you, obviously you have needs. And now is the time to pray about your needs. Jesus says, give us today your daily bread. And so as you come before him, and this is, this is real easy for us as Christians, because oftentimes in our prayer, it's all about what's going on in my life. And it's good to be praying about Uh, what we're trusting God for. And so as you think about your prayer time or think about your day and the, the appointments that you have and the needs that are going on in your life, pray about provision. God is concerned about your to do list. And as you give him your to do list, I promise you, you're going to be a whole lot more efficient. I have to prepare a sermon every single week. When I'm doing it in the flesh, when I'm thinking about what all I have to do and getting this thing done, oftentimes I have sermon block. I can't think of a thing. But if I just choose to pause and say, God, I need you. Uh, I don't have anything. And just give it to him. It is amazing what God, how things come together. And that's the story of my sermon preparation over and over and over again. You ever lost keys before? You know, and we're frantically looking around the house for these keys. Where could they have gone? And we're not giving any thought to what God might, how God might help. And then as a last resort, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw up a prayer, got, you know, a, a desperation prayer because I got to get somebody right where now. And I'll give it to God. It's, it's amazing how those keys can be located. (laughs) And then I got to pause and say, thank you, Jesus, for helping me in this. But God cares. Jesus prays in his model prayer, give us this day, today, our daily prayer. We need to be praying for God's provision. And I know that there's some folks in our in our in our church right now who are really stressing out and trusting that God's going to provide. Particularly 
in the area of vacation Bible school. Church, we're lacking volunteers for vacation Bible school. Adele tells me we still need 10 line leaders. A line leader, it's not hard to be a line leader. There's no preparation involved. You just show up about 15 minutes before a vacation Bible school starts and uh, you gather the kids that are in that age group and you just kind of supervise them as they rotate through the various uh, uh, stations of vacation Bible school. But God needs to provide. And God wants to provide through you. But I want us to just pause for a moment because I think we need to pray for our vacation Bible school leaders. I know, you know, they're just as busy as you are. And uh, but they have taken the time to to volunteer and to help lead this ministry. But um, VBS is only a couple weeks away and uh, and they're getting a little stressed out and we need to pray for them. And I'm encouraging you to be the answer to their prayer. But let's pray. Jesus, you tell us to pray, to ask you to give us today our daily bread. Lord, I thank you for the volunteers who have stepped up to... uh, to be a blessing to the children for Vacation Bible School. But there are many, Lord, in our church that have not yet volunteered. And Lord, if you're speaking to their heart, I pray that you would encourage them today to say, you can count on me. Is God telling you to help serve in Vacation Bible School? Listen to his voice. Respond to him. God wants you to be a blessing in children's lives that are going to be here for that week of BBS. Be an answer to our prayer this morning. Father, I thank you for each person in this service. And I know that not all can serve in vacation Bible school. And I don't want them, Lord... And you don't want them to leave on a guilt trip. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But for those who are able, Lord, I pray today they would respond. In Jesus' name, amen. The fourth part of prayer, Jesus' modeled prayer, was pardon. Jesus says, forgive us our debts. In prayer, we need to be asking for God's forgiveness. Christianity, church, is a life of repentance. Repentance isn't what happens one time when you give your life to Jesus Christ at salvation. No, this needs to be a part of of your daily life. Jesus says, pray 
for your forgiveness. We need to have the heart of the tax gatherer in Luke chapter 18 continuously. The tax gatherer who was in the temple couldn't even look up to God, but cried out to God, God, have mercy on me, a tax gatherer. He was aware of his sinfulness. And we need to have that same heart when we go before God in prayer. Forgive us of our sin. I think that becomes harder and harder the longer we are we we the, the longer we live our life in the church. We forget us older Christians who have walked with Jesus this, these many decades, we forget how much God has forgiven us of. And when we forget that, we're not very merciful to other people. But when we're mindful of our sins, and how much God has forgiven us of, we show greater mercy to those who need God's forgiveness. And we're not standing over them as judge. We come alongside them as friend and are there to encourage them, encouraging them to do the right thing. We need to be people of mercy. Confession to God can combat a whole lot of pride. Confession to God makes me a whole lot more patient with people in their sinfulness. I'm sure you're weary of the news over the weekend about Josh Duggar and uh, what transpired in his life 12 years ago. And, you know, you look at that situation and how difficult that situation has been for his family, how difficult the situation has been for the girls who were violated, who were sexually abused. And, um, and I, I don't promise to know the whole story. And uh, as I've looked at the story from what I know so far, uh, you know, mom and dad did the right thing. You know, if it were my son... I kind of doubt I would have hauled him right to the police and let them begin that that investigation. But mom and dad, I believe, from my perspective, did the right thing by going to the church and talking to the elders. Now, as an elder, the elders failed. 
the elders should have reported the situation. But they turned their cheek. Church, we take sexual abuse very seriously here at Emmanuel. As a pastor, I am a mandated reporter. And I've had some difficult situations in my 30 plus years of ministry where I've had to go to authorities and give them information so that they can do the investigation. And as a church, we take sexual abuse very seriously. And those who serve in children's ministry or youth ministry, they have to go through background checks. We want parents who come to our facility to feel safe that to entrusting their children with our, our volunteers. But in reading of what happened in Josh's life 12 years ago and the elders not doing thing, the, the girls going to counseling and the counselor not reporting, the counselor failed at that point too. The police officer that was notified a year later failed. But mom and dad did the right thing. And they removed Josh from the home. And Josh spent time with another family for a period of time. I don't know how long that was, but uh, Josh needed healing. The girls needed healing. The girls needed counseling. And so there needed to be space. But I'm looking at what's happened over the weekend. And people have been so ugly towards Josh. Now, I'm not condoning what Josh did. What Josh did was inexcusable. But as God's people, we must show mercy. This happened 12 years ago as a 14-year-old. I remember a lot of stupid and selfish things that I did when I was 14 years old. And I can understand the prayer of David when he says, Lord God, remember not the sins of my youth. Josh Duggar is not a pedophile. And yet, there is a world out there that wants to rid our culture of the Duggar family. And they are looking for any and every excuse to cut them and to burn them and to stomp on their ashes. And as God's people, we need to be people of mercy. Again, not excusing what Josh did. Josh has paid the consequences. Josh has not been living in denial, as far as I can tell, what he did. But we don't have to make him write pedophile across his forehead for the rest of his life. Now, Stepping down from the Christian family uh, council 
back in Washington, D.C., was that the right thing to do? Probably. That organization doesn't need that distraction right now. But Josh has a future in ministry. God wants to use Josh. He's not going to, he's not to be put on a shelf and condemned and never to be used again. No. Josh has done the right thing. And we need to pray for him and we need to be people of mercy. And, and I'm not seeing a whole lot of mercy right now towards that situation. But church, as we go to the Lord in prayer, and we live a life of confession and repentance and reminding ourselves of all that God has forgiven us from, of we're going to be merciful to others who struggle, who have been harmed by sin. So confession, um, pardon, asking God to pardon us of our sin. The next P. As we have also have forgiven our debtors, Jesus prays, we need to be people, we need to be praying for other people. And, and that's something that's easy for us to do, but maybe you're not always aware of who needs prayer. I want to just encourage you with, with a few things. Our church produces a prayer sheet. Now, we try to get this out once a week, okay? You may pick up a copy, and it may be two weeks old, but that's okay. You still know people on here who need prayer. And I want to encourage you to get a copy of this. And we're going to have more copies. I'm not sure how many are in the Connection Center right now, but we're going to put these in places where they're readily available. But you need to be praying for your church family. Another way that you can pray for your church family is through the church uh, prayer email that goes out. Many of you are not on that church prayer email. And you're, th- you're saying to me, Pastor, that is impossible to get on. Well, I don't know about that, but I want you to try one more time, okay? And what you need to do is you need to send an email to Kathy Williams. Kathy Williams is in the bulletin. Her email address is in the, in the, in the bulletin. Send an email to Kathy Williams asking her to get you on the prayer email list. And she'll send you an invitation and you can enroll in that. And so whenever there's a prayer request that goes out, uh, you'll be aware of what's happening in the life of our church, our people, and how to pray for them. I sent that one out last night. And I don't know if you got it or not, but uh, I'm a Dale Smith, passed away. Uh, Friday night in her sleep. And uh, what a way to go. But she she was suffering physically for a long time, but she's in the Lord's presence today. But you'll be aware of those things as you're on the church family email list, prayer email. So see Kathy Williams, send her, um, make, make her an, a request to her. Also, we have a monthly prayer service. 
the first Thursday of the month here in our chapel, we get together for one hour to pray for our church family and what's happening in our state, our nation, and around the world. It will be the fastest hour of your life. And I know I make this announcement every single month, the Sunday before the prayer time, and we have the same handful of people. I know not everybody can come to this, but we sure could have a lot more. And it is a rich time together. And and uh, this is, you know, God's only going to do as much as we're praying about. And God can do a whole lot more through our time of prayer than he does without our prayer. And so we need to be praying for other people. So take advantage of the Thursday night prayer time once a month. And then also... Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock here in the prayer room. Uh, the elders get together for a time of prayer. Uh, this Wednesday night, I have a finance committee meeting at 6 o'clock, but there will be other elders there in the prayer room. And I would encourage you to come every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock and pray with the elders. It's a, it's a rich time together. And then the last uh, area that Jesus points out uh, in his model prayer is protection. Jesus prays, and lead us not into temptation. We need to be praying for our protection. We need to be praying for others, our children's, our grandchildren's protection. What God wants to build up, Satan wants to to destroy. Satan wants to paralyze our walk with Jesus Christ. Those who serve the Lord Jesus Christ, they wear a big bullseye on their back. And we are watching the Duggar family today and uh, the the influence that they have. Um, they wear a huge bullseye on their back. And we see what the enemy is doing. I wear a big bullseye on my back. Church, you need to be praying for me and my family that God would protect us. There's a lot of people that we need to be praying for protection. You need to be praying for your protection. But Jesus prays and lead us not into temptation. So as you leave here this morning, You can't have the excuse, well, I just don't know what to pray. No, Jesus gives us a model. We come to him praising him for who he is. We come to him praying for God's purposes in our life. His kingdom come. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for our provision. We pray for pardon, for forgiveness. We pray for other people, and we pray for protection. Christian, your quiet time can be really rich and meaningful if you'll take the opportunity and use these practical points in your life. 
you can go to God expecting that he's going to speak to you. And you will be training yourself to remain. And as we remain in him, as we abide, Jesus promises that he will produce much fruit in our life. And my prayer for you is in Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Because he's very good. Let's pray. God, I pray for your children. That they would hunger and thirst for you. Would you make your prayer right where you're at this morning? Jesus, I want to hunger and thirst for you. I want to taste you. I want to know that you are good. My friend, if you will commit to this habit, God will enrich your relationship with him. He's not going to love you any more than he loves you right now. He showed you his love already by dying on Calvary's cross. There's nothing more he can do to show you how much he loves you. And we're going to talk more about that next week. But God wants his word to abide in you. How much of his word is abiding in you today? Make that commitment to spend with him each and every day. Lord, I know that as we make that commitment, there's an enemy. There's an enemy that wants to tear down, wants to destroy God, I pray that you would protect your children. And that, God, that you would give them the space, the time, the desire to long for you and to hear from you. Help us to remain. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.